What is up, everyone, and welcome into ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network with a lot more content coming your way throughout the entire training camp session. Make sure that you follow adcsports.com slash Dallas. We've got daily articles up there covering the latest on the Dallas Cowboys, as well as in-depth analysis, opinion, and much more regarding America's team. What is up, everyone? What is up? Do me a favor, hit the like button, share the stream. Thank you for being here on this Thursday night, final show of the primetime week. So I'm excited to talk some Cowboys football with you. And I wanted to dive into what Mike McCarthy had to say regarding the Cowboys running game. You guys know this better than anyone. The Cowboys struggled to run the football. They, they, they did struggle to run the football, especially towards the second half of the season, and they need to fix that. Now, most of the conversation, it feels like, throughout the offseason has revolved around getting Ezekiel Elliott, health, a healthy version of Ezekiel Elliott, and involving Tony Pollard a little bit more. But honestly, that's just part of the equation. The question for me to you guys is from 1 to 10, how confident are you on the Cowboys running game bouncing back. Now, I thought that Mike McCarthy had a very uh, accurate response when asked about, you know, the run-pass ratio for the Dallas Cowboys and if they were looking to change that. And here is his full answer. Let's listen to what he had to say. This is from yesterday's press conference. So this is actually not from today, but still worth discussing because I thought it was an interesting answer and and an accurate one. And we'll dive into some numbers right after this. But here is what Mike McCarthy had to say on the topic. You know, when you look at our numbers compared to, you know, the league numbers, you know, we, we're, we're not, you know, we're, we're pretty much in line with all that. And um, in, 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 in really the point I make with the team, there's patterns to everything. These patterns have always been there. It's just more really the recognition of those patterns and, and understanding where you're at as far as how the other guys looking at you. So I think the next, the next step really it is to take it as, you know, are we running it more too much under center versus in the gun and those types of things. So that that's really where our focus is just to make sure that, you know, we're conceptually uh, running the things that give our players the best chance to be successful each and every week, but to make sure that, you know, the mannerisms, the picture of, you know, what it looks like, you know, in pre-snap uh, that we're doing our due diligence on, you know, making sure we, that we can, maybe, you know, gain an edge or, you know, it just, you know, don't give the, the defense the, the picture where, you know, the whole world knows where the ball's going before the ball snap. So looking at some of your answers here, nine for Gregory, high, high number nine, Toxic Tom jokes at a 10 just because Ryan Null is the GOAT. And you know what? You know what? Uh, Nick Ralston got waived for the, for the Turpin signing. So... One fullback less to compete with for Ryan Null. Five, six is Kevin Knight because of Pollard. Seven out of 10 says Professor O. We've got a six from 7-Eleven. Tommy with a low two because Kellen Moore is still around. So more or less, we're, we're, we have optimistic answers mostly. 7.49 for Lumen, always with the exact numbers. But listen, I think that to be fair, Mike McCarthy is right about one of the main issues for this Cowboys offense when they run the football. Because, again, we've talked about Ezekiel Elliott's health. We've talked about getting Tony Pollard in there a little bit more. But the Cowboys were predictable. Yeah, McC McCarthy mentioned 
you know, the looks that they give the defense, are they running more from the shotgun than they are from uh, under center or the other way around? They did. They did run significantly more when they were under center compared to when they were from the shotgun. Now, this is expected throughout the entire NFL. Teams that, When teams line up in shotgun formations, they are more likely to pass the football overall. But from weeks 9 through 17, according to Sports Info Solutions, the Cowboys actually passed the football on 85% of, the, of their plays from the shotgun. That's the third highest rate in the NFL. And they ran on only 15% of their shotgun snaps. That ranked 30th in the NFL. Throughout the first eight weeks of the season, though, they were close to average in the NFL. They were 14th and 19th. So, you know, that's probably along the lines of where you want to be. And the Cowboys, during that span from weeks 9 through 17, when they were one of the teams to be, you know, more pass aggressive from the shotgun formation, they had the 23rd best success rate. So clearly that's something that impacted how this offense performed. We also saw other troublesome trends in which the Cowboys, for example, pretty much never used motion to run the football, which is beyond any comprehension. And I was reading this article by Dalton Miller, who does a great job covering the Cowboys. The other day he published for Pro Football Network this article and some of the storylines to follow during training camp for the Cowboys. And he was saying, a very good point. You know, in the passing game, you might not want to use a lot of motion if you as a quarterback like to have a static pre-snap picture of the opposing defense. Now, basically, since he joined the NFL, uh, since he arrived to the NFL, Dak Prescott has been praised as one of the most intelligent quarterbacks when discerning pre-snap pictures. So maybe Dak Prescott wants some stability in the passing game, but there's literally nothing against you when you run motion in the run game. And the Cowboys never used uh, motion in the run game. They were the team to use it the list, I believe, actually, at the snap. They were near the bottom of the NFL in all of those categories. So could we see a little bit more of that from the Cowboys in 2022? Based on Mike McCarthy's comments, that is one of the objectives. And if it is, then props to the Dallas Cowboys because they do need to be a little bit less predictable on that front. Now, similarly to the numbers that we talked about during the shotgun uh, portion of this, they also didn't throw a lot out of 12 personnel. Now, they did have some injury problems at tight end. Blake Jarwin had to miss about half the season. Now that they have Jake Ferguson to complement Dalton Schultz, maybe they're a little bit more willing to throw the football when in 12 personnel. So let's see. Let's see some of your comments here. Uh, I will go, by the way, with my answer, I will go with a 6.5. I do think that a Cowboys run game will be better in 2022. I do believe that Ezekiel Elliott's uh, injury played a major role in the decline of it. And I hope... Uh, and maybe this is optimism right now, but I hope that the Cowboys indeed find a way to be a little bit less predictable when when running the football. Try to find creative ways to make it work. Let's see. 
Toxic Tom says, Mo, at what point do we stop making excuses for Kellen Moore and his lack of experience and acknowledge this is who he is? Well, to be fair, though, I don't believe that we're making excuses for Kellen Moore. I believe that pretty much everyone in Cowboys Nation kind of agrees on where Kellen Moore stands in the fact that he has, you know, he's he has a bright mind. He's got some pretty neat play designs. But we know that it hasn't worked in the uh, late in the season yet. We know that there's still improvements to be made. And we know that the Cowboys are rolling with him. So I don't believe it's much about excuses. I believe Cowboys Nation is well aware of where Kellen Moore stands right now. I'm not sure if the Cowboys do. I'm not sure where the Cowboys stands is on Kellen Moore. But I don't feel like Cowboys Nation is really just... Uh, I don't feel like Cowboys Nation is making excuses for Kellen Moore at this point. Now, Toxic Tom says he has been an offensive coordinator for three years and people act like he's still an intern. And I believe this ties back to what we talked about. This happened a few weeks ago when Rob Phillips from DallasCowboys.com actually wrote on this, on this very topic. And he, he mentioned that it's not really about the years that Kellen Moore has been offensive coordinator, but overall the years that he has been an NFL coach, period, at any level. Because he was thrown into this position pretty early in his career. This is not an excuse for Kellen Moore. This is just the point of view as to his career right now and where it stands. Do we uh, Did the Cowboys throw Kellen Moore into the fire very early in his coaching career? Probably so. But it's a fact that he hasn't been around as much as when Sean McVay, for example, made this big leap in his coaching career as an offensive coordinator or even the same for Cal Shanahan. And again, this is not an excuse. These are just facts into how Kellen Moore's coaching career has panned out. Uh, that's what the Cowboys are probably thinking right now. So it might have been a mistake to throw him out there that early, but I believe that's where that whole conversation of acting like uh, Kellen is an intern uh, comes from. I believe that, that is where it stems from. Let's see some more of your comments here. Uh, Tommy, with the correction, he says, nope, we think that he sucks, Mo. <laughs> now, and I've talked about this before. Like, there's obviously a lot of stuff that Kellen Moore needs to work on. But we cannot be biased towards any extreme. So we cannot sit here and say, oh, Kellen Moore is going to be the next Sean McVay or the next Cal Shanahan because that's an incorrect uh, extreme. But I do believe that the other extreme is also a little bit biased, you know, saying that he sucks and that he won't make it as an NFL coach because it's early in his career and we've seen good stuff from, from Kellen Moore. Like we have seen that he does have great play designs and he might not need to find an identity and he still needs to work on game planning and all of that. But, you know, coaches have had success early in their careers before they have this final breakthrough in which they really position themselves as legit play callers or legit head coaches or whatever it is, right? So I know it sucks. I know it sucks to, to, to be in a position in which you don't know if Kellen Moore will take the next step, but it wouldn't be the first time that someone like him 
really does take that next step. Thomas says he can work on all that stuff somewhere else. Well, the Cowboys are rolling with him, though. Uh, so that is happening. We'll see what happens from here on out. Uh, this will be a big year for Kellen Moore. This year, he might position himself back into that rising head coaching status that he had before. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Just leave it at his socks mode, says Tommy915. Kevin Knight says Kellen Moore comes from the Garrett tree. Enough said. But he also kind of comes from the Chris Peterson tree, who was a very successful coach, is a very successful coach in college football. He does have other influences. We'll see. Uh, this is the year for Kellen Moore, I believe, though. He really needs to, to prove something else before the Cowboys continue to roll with him. And just, just like with Mike McCarthy, it seems like everyone is on the hot seat in Dallas except for Dan Quinn among coaches. But anyways, one of the players that is coming into the team to try... Oh, thank you to Sam Monroe for your comment and your donation saying, do not believe Sky, I am Asian, that guy in gang. Man, it was fun to watch him play. I remember watching his highlights on YouTube like a lot when I was a kid. That was awesome. What's up, Celia Estrada? Thank you for joining the show. Moss Nation says it's their way or the highway. A lot of fans are really upset with what's been going on. Yeah, that's true. Fans this offseason have been upset at the Dallas Cowboys for plenty of reasons. And I'm talking on the field issues and off the field issues. Now, some are once more upset at the most recent signing by the Dallas Cowboys because they went ahead and got themselves a former MVP. But we're talking about a former USFL MVP. They signed Kevontae Turpin to the Dallas Cowboys. Now, Turpin won't have an easy path to the Cowboys 53-man roster. Right now, my question for me to you guys is, I want to get your gut feeling on this whole thing. Do you believe he makes the roster or not? Now, Kevontae Turpin went undrafted four years ago. He has no NFL experience at all. He is off the field issues, including a guilty plea for an assault charge. I believe it happened in 2018. And the biggest challenge that Kevontae Turpin might be fighting against is his weight. Because it's truly impressive. I put together a list of the lightest players on the Dallas Cowboys roster before Turpin was signed. You had Nashawn Wright at 185 pounds, Jaquari Robinson at 186, CJ Goodwin, 190, Kelvin Joseph, 192, and Aaron Champlin, 194. Those are the top five lightest players on the Dallas Cowboys. Until Kevontae Turpin was signed. He is 30 pounds lighter than Nashawn Wright. It's crazy. You got to wonder, can you make it in the NFL at that weight? I was looking at, I have these baseline charts that I use during draft season that kind of lists the percentiles for, for players and where the weight, where which weight would put which player on what percentile on all of that. He wouldn't be 
in the one percentile of any position in the NFL. He, I haven't looked this up, but he might be the lightest player in the entire NFL right now. That will work against him, I believe. Now, he got that MVP award because he is fast as heck. And specifically, the Cowboys are seemingly not bringing him in to be a wide receiver. Cavante Turpin is coming in to be a returner, something that the Cowboys right now do not have and something that they have been looking for for a while. So let's see some of your comments here. Gut feeling, does Kevontae Turpin make the 53-man roster? Toxic Tom says, I really hope not. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, Six to Midnight says, if he makes our roster, it will be most likely as a punt returner or a kick returner. And that also plays against them. I fully agree with Six to Midnight here. Uh, the Cowboys are are bringing him in to be a specialist, to work with John Fassel more than he will with Kellen Moore. He, he might not even work with Kellen Moore at all. But, you know, punt returners and kick returners get hit a lot in the NFL. And it will not be as easy as it was for Turpin in the USFL to not get a hit because he does have some crazy-ass highlights. He, he makes some insane plays out there on the playing field. But do you risk throwing him out there at 155 pounds? Especially because we are at a point in the offseason. Well, we're, we're at training camp already, so not offseason. Um, he might not be in time to add significant weight, right? Before the regular season. Professor O says, you know that whole offseason peanut butter talk? Turpin needs all of it. Turpin needs to do what I did when, when my coaches told me to do it when I joined my high school football team. My diet was literally just taking a slice of bread, putting a lot of Nutella on it, then putting a Snickers bar in the middle of that bread, roll it up, and basically eat a Nutella sneakers burrito with a slice of bread. That's what I did every day before practice. And then after it, I went with the Professor O strategy, the peanut butter sandwich and dinner afterwards. So he might have to do that, man. He might have to do something like that out there. 155 is an insane weight to be in the NFL. I don't know how it will play out for Kevontae Turpin. I honestly... I am leaning towards no. I, I think that he will not make the roster right now. That would be my gut feeling. <laughs> yeah, that was exactly the the diet, Professor O. A bread Nutella sneakers burrito. <laughs> like not not a burrito with the tortilla on it. I, I mean, like you, you made the burrito with the with the bread, I guess. <laughs> That's too much damn chocolate. But you see. I was like Cavante Turpin. I might have been the lightest player in the entire league. I'm short. I'm short and I'm small. And I maybe you don't see me standing up or anything, but that's just okay with me. <laughs> Little people, big worlds, toxic Tom. I will not. I will go with now. Uh, Craig says he will make the team. Gregory also says he will make the team. Yeah, we're trying to block those bots. Don't don't worry. I I know that some of you are already bots. Uh, Mots, excuse me. So I'm sure that I'm getting some help with you guys over at YouTube. 
you know, that's playing uh, against him. Dexter Williams says, I think he will return so fast at 155. And that's his attribute. But man, in the NFL, you're going to get hit on special teams. You are going to get hit out there. And it's not going to be as easy as it was in the USFL, I believe. So we'll see. We got Jimbo's Tommy now on five. There you go. There you go. Uh, Professor O says, what is interesting about Turpin is that he would be our wide receiver who's a special teams guy role that Noah has occupied. Basher has already gotten a lot of buzz and Noah may be looking for a job soon. And it becomes a, a matter of, do you trust your depth enough at wide receiver to essentially cost one of these receivers that can also be a viable option on offense in case someone gets injured for Kevontae Turpin? Because do you trust Tarpin to play on offense in the NFL? Probably not. And with Noah, you have this big guy that can block. And that's a thing that the Cowboys value a lot. So that's why right now I am leaning towards a no for, for Kevontae Turpin. I don't think that the Cowboys are as comfortable with their depth at wide receiver to give one of those spots to, to Kevontae Turpin, the former USFL MVP. Now, I don't trust Noah Brown as a receiver a lot, like, like Professor always saying here. But we know that the Cowboys kind of, you know, trust him to get those blocking assignments in because he's good in those. That's his specialty, maybe. I love that now we're talking about PB&J sandwiches and stuff. Uh, Parsons Diggs Defense says, Mo, you ever had peanut butter, jelly, and banana sandwich? For sure. That's, that's the way to go, I would say. Uh, I am a huge, huge PB&J kind of guy. Like I, I will have a PBJ sandwich maybe one out of two days, uh, every one out of two days. 50% of, of the days I, I get one of those maybe. <laughs> Kevin Knight says, why wait to training camp to look for a specialist? Another frustrating part of it. Now, does that speak about how the Cowboys feel about Jalen Tolbert? returning footballs or, you know, every other guy that has been competing for that role in OTAs and minicamp. I don't know if it, you know, talks to that, but it seems significant. Now, moving on to the next topic before we get out of here on this show. And by the way, man, we, we have pushed through this show. I don't know if you've noticed, but I've been feeling under the weather uh, today, uh, dealing with some fever there. But hey, we are pushing through in order to talk about those, uh, those Dallas Cowboys. Toxic Tom, this is the comment of the day. Mo Jose Altuve weighs more than Kevonte Turpin. That's just, that's just crazy, man. Jose Altuve weighs more than Turpin. Now, uh, Turpin is 5'9", I believe. How tall is, uh, let's see here. How tall is Altuve? I'm trying to find his height here really quick. Let's see. Let's see. Because he's 5'9". I cannot get his height. So baseball Wikipedia pages are not like football Wikipedia pages in which you get uh, everything right away. Now, height. Oh, man. I, I get it in centimeters because I am, you know, Googling out. 5'6", says Toxic Tom. That's crazy, man. That is crazy. <laughs> Woo. Six to midnight, say. 
<laughs> Toxic Tom says, I'm always playing hurt. I am, man. Uh, you you got to do this. Six to Midnight says, pain is just weakness leaving the body. I love the motivational quotes right now on the <laughs> on the show. Tommy915 says, he's bad weighs more, Tom. <laughs> Jose Tube is bad weighs more than Kevante Turpin. Woo-hoo. Well, you know, that's a storyline to follow now on training camp. How will Turpin do and how durable will he be when he gets hit? But anyways, speaking of durable, speaking of injuries, Matt, well, let's go. Exited practice early with an apparent shoulder injury. And it brings a big question for the Dallas Cowboys. Now, we don't know anything about how serious it is. Uh, We probably will find out more about it during the weekend after he gets an MRI and all of that medical stuff. But remember when Jerry Jones mentioned right after the NFL draft that taking well, let's go could have meant uh, meant for the Cowboys that they were not going to seek a free agent veteran at the position. So if well, let's go's injury is serious, which crossing our fingers, we hope not. Do you agree or disagree that Waletzko's injury could lead to a free agent signing? There are not a lot of, you know, attractive free agents out there at tackle. But Brian Bulaga is out there. He's 33 years old. Daryl Williams, who we have discussed previously on the show, uh, is also available, formerly with the Buffalo Bills most recently. Marcus Cannon, Kendall Lamb from the Tennessee Titans, Mike Remmers from the Chiefs, Ty second. could we see Inseca make a comeback at 36 years old? It looks like a long shot. But you need to provide some competition for Josh Ball as they continue to fight for that swing tackle spot. Now, key note here, the Cowboys might not be truly looking for a backup swing uh, tackle. They might be looking for uh, a backup right tackle, as people have suggested before with Tyler Smith's ability to kick out at tackle, uh, you know, from the inside to the outside, if Tyron Smith goes down injured, given that's the plan for Tyler Smith down the road. I would agree with that. I think that will let's go's injury, if it turns out to be serious, will lead to the Cowboys making a free agent signing. Daryl Williams is a name that I would like a lot on this team because I believe he also provides some flex. He can play inside. He has done that before. So let's see. Agree with Professor O. Stephen White says with yes. 7-Eleven would agree. Uh, Gregory disagrees, though. <coughs> there you go. Kevin Knight, yes. Lumen agrees. David Holden, bring in a veteran uh, swing. Professor O suggesting Sam Tevy. Tevy can play both offensive tackle spot and has over 40 career starts. Yeah. Now... It might come down to how much the Cowboys trust Josh Ball, who is in his second year technically for the Cowboys, but got injured pretty early last season. So, well, let's go. is definitely a setback for the Cowboys, I would say. More than it would appear at first glance. So, hopefully, we get positive news throughout the weekend and a, one of the first injuries to really start monitoring during this training camp period for the Dallas Cowboys. But anyways, thank you so much for tuning into the show. Let me get the outro music real quick.
Thank you for joining the show. Do me a favor, hit the like button, share the stream. If you are watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, let your friends know about ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. Remember that every like allows us to put this show in front of more and more Cowboys fans as we continue to grow the ADC Sports Dallas community. Uh, community. Uh, you know, by the way, next week, we might get announcements from ADC Sports. Don't tell anyone that I told you this. But hey, you, uh, things, are, things are coming. So it will be amazing. It will, it will be an amazing season. Thank you guys for tuning in, for making this show possible. And I will see you on Sunday night, 8 p.m. Central. Thank you very much. Hit the like button. Smash the like button. And I will see you on Sunday. Thank you for your wishes. And see you. Bye-bye.